Warning! This episode contains foul language, spooky ooky stories, and a few contributions from a small baby. podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we have the pleasure of sitting down with one of our friends and talking about something weird. This week though, this beautiful 100 degree September day, lovely. this Friday the 13th, because that's yes. when this episode comes out, it's just me and Lauren, Woo. because it's time for listener ghost stories oh yeah <laughs> wilder's here too he's cheering as wilder well. is here excited. he's very excited he loves listener ghost stories slash oh, maybe all. he will get very scared we're not sure <laughs> we might. haven't we haven't recorded one of these with him yet so we'll i see. think that's true oh gosh yeah so get out your rosary beads make sure there are batteries in your flashlights and tuck those toesies under the blanket because you're about to get spooked my name is Ashley, and this is my favorite person and co-host, Lauren. Hi, weirdo. And Wilder has a bottle in his mouth. But he would say hello. But he would he say hello for sure. He can speak already. It's really kind of... It's crazy. He's crazy. speaking in full sentences. It's, it's he's a walking. He's wearing a he's suit. He's walking around. He came in wearing with a, a briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> Just growing before our eyes. He came in with a briefcase. He was like, let's get started. Let's jump in, ladies. <laughs> this is important. Also, your intro was great. You Thank always compliment you. me on mine. You have stepped up your game. Well, I it's had to. Wonderful. <laughs> I, was, I was getting, I was getting shellac to every single week. Some no. of my intros were so okay. But so, let's <laughs> listener ghost stories, aka real life spooky stories, aka strange tales, whatever you want to call these episodes, are the episodes in which Lauren and I sit down and share real life stories sent in by you, the listener. As per usual, we have a huge backlog of stories, so if your story is not read today, please don't take offense. We save all of the stories we get. Sometimes they don't make it into episodes. Sometimes they make it into episodes months later. <laughs> we will always contact you if your story made it into an episode. And also, if this is your first Listener Ghost Stories, please note that there are sound effects and there's music added throughout, so be prepared for that. And other than that, just enjoy the ride, man. <laughs> That's right, guys. <laughs> One thing we wanted to announce, just uh, to give you guys a heads up, we are actually taking October off. Yes, which we is are. exciting for it's... us and us only. <laughs> I know. I apologize to you listeners. I know you'll probably miss us in the spookiest month, but that is just why we're taking it yes. off because it is the spookiest month. It's our favorite month, and we actually want to enjoy ourselves, yeah. maybe go do some ghost hunting. Or just watch lots of scary movies and drink lots of cider yeah. and enjoy ourselves. We are going to be guesting on a podcast or two in the month of October. We're just not going to be producing our own stuff in October uh, simply because it's our favorite month. In the past two years, we've kind of been traveling and we had the show and we haven't really got to experience our favorite time of year. So mm -hmm. we're going to be taking October off. Yep. 
patrons of the show, we are going to still have a bonus episode for you. So Amy and I will still record an episode for you guys. And we will still have a newsletter going out to you guys. So you'll still be getting your gifts. Just another reason to be a patron, you know? Exactly. You get all the extras, the goodies. All the goodies. And uh, patrons will now be receiving 10% off merch if you are a $5 patron and 20% off merch if you're a $10 patron. So I'm going to send those out. Um, those It's like a coupon code for our Etsy page. I'm going to send those out to all existing patrons this week. And anyone who joins will get a coupon code as well. Love it. So That's you can so find great. that at www.patreon.com <laughs> slash keep it weird podcast. Um, you can also go to our Instagram and click on the link in our bio and it has all the links to all of our websites. Sorry, I got very excited. He's literally just singing while eating <laughs> yeah. his bottle. I think he's excited <laughs> for all the patrons to receive their goodies and gifts. He's <laughs> cheering you guys on. And if you donate more than $10 a month, you get a picture of Wilder smiling. Oh, which is the best thing <laughs> in the world. But I might be biased as his mother. I don't know. <sighs> Life is so hard. Okay, so let's just get right into it. Do you have anything else before we get started? Have you seen any scary movies lately that you enjoyed? No, because I'm sorry okay. to say the last one I saw was Pet Cemetery, and I texted you about oh, it. Gosh, I was quite yeah, disappointed. You were so disappointed. I know. Which... Any listeners out there, if you liked it, write into us and tell us why why you liked it. Because I we like healthy debate on movies. We like chatting with you guys, but I just could not get into it. Felt like a lot of CGI and bad green screens and not great acting, and yeah, just didn't do the original justice. Well, the thing is, is like the original is not a great movie. I mean, no, it's a classic because it it's just it. It's a classic not because it's a great film. Yeah, because the father and the daughter are kind of unbearable to watch like sure. the actors uh-huh. <laughs> um but i don't know there's something about it's all you know it's all practical effects so the animals are very scary and right. like the zombies are very scary and mm-hmm. it's just got that kind of creepy you know real fog yeah that always gets me yes. when there's real fog you need some it's real like, fog can, it feels how, i can't believe there's real fog in this movie that's I amazing agree. we actually just watched uh i had joey watch for the first time he'd never seen it we watched cujo Oh my gosh, I love Cujo. I love Cujo. I, I cannot watched it when believe. I was way too young. Oh but yeah, I like me it more too. As an so adult. so scary. Uh, yeah, as an adult, it's it's not as much like I'm scared of this dog. It's more like I don't know. It's like an existential dread, you know, totally. like this mom who's like stuck in this hot car as her child's yes. overheating. Like that's horrifying. Like, that's the scariest what? part as an adult right. when the kids die. Trying it's to like, take care of your shit. child and you're also horrified yeah. at the same time. We actually had a pretty good double feature. We did Cujo, which is a, a good mama bear movie, taking care of your child. Mm-hmm. And then we watched Panic Room, which is another, another really good mama, mama bear, bear movie. Well, I haven't seen we didn't that even in mean years. to. Oh, you should. It's just, it just got put on Netflix. Oh, done. And uh, it's so much better. I mean, Jody not Foster, that I remember. Kristen Stewart, right? Jodie Foster, Kristen Stewart, um, and Jared who's the Leto. Famous, yeah, I was like, who's the one of the famous robbers? Yeah, Forrest yeah. Whitaker is the yes. other one. But the thing, and like that's like the whole cast. There's two other people right. in the cast. It's and also, um, in it's house. directed by... <laughs> me, me, What's the me. guy's name that does, does Mindhunter? Oh, oh Fincher. Know. David Fincher oh directed it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense because of the dark coloring of it yeah, all. Yeah, you could that totally tell. Totally like, now, vibe. I'm like, holy shit, yeah, of course like, this duh. is David Fincher. I didn't know that. Because it's all very dark. So shades dark. of, like, it's always green. shades of, like, dark green. Yep. Yes. Yep. Oh. 
Exactly. Right, he wants us to get on with the show. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> we'll read, okay. We'll That's read fine. Some stories. So no uh, <laughs> horror movie news. <laughs> Basically, rude wild. Unless you are, <laughs> unless you've been in a coma since like 1984, right? Then come to us for your <laughs> horror movie news. Okay, so I'm gonna go first. I tried to select a wide variety of strange stories today. Ranging from weird to strange to scary to kind of sweet, actually. Uh, love um, the sweet ones. I know. And before I get into it, uh, because most of my stories that I tell come from Reddit. I'm on Reddit a lot, and I meet people through Reddit, and we exchange kind of our experiences. And I just wanted to say, don't steal people's Reddit stories. Um, I've heard from so many people on Reddit that some podcast or YouTube channel took their story off Reddit, Reddit allowed on their show, did not ask permission. Didn't credit anybody? Didn't, I mean, they, I think they credit their username, but like oh, didn't, but didn't ask, ask if like they could tell it. Oh, that's so sad. I know. So, um. You're so good it's not about cool. that. Every single story that I tell from Reddit is from a person that I speak to, you I get permission, permission from, yeah. And if anyone ever told me no, I just, I wouldn't you use wouldn't that story. It, right? I mean, I'd probably tell you the story because. Because <laughs> why not? Because why not? Like, <laughs> no one's going to know. No, you uh, are so good easy. about that. But it's that easy. Just be cool. Yeah. Um, it's just, that's Respect. just a general piece of advice for everyone in every situation. Just be cool. The story I'm going to start with is from Reddit user Hooray for Kate 128 Love that. Love the rhyme. <laughs> uh, she and I spoke about her young daughter and the experiences that she's had with her. Okay. So ho- Hooray for Kate 128 says, When we listed our house for sale, my daughter was about three and a half. Because it was very early in the process, we had no idea where we even wanted to move to. We did not tell her about it. Whenever we would have showings in the evening, we would go to the park, have a picnic, or go out to dinner. One night, we were sitting at our favorite Mexican restaurant with another family, and she suddenly looked up from her coloring book and said, Mommy, why is there someone in my bedroom? Oh, no. She did this two or three times over the course of our selling the house. When she was two, one morning, she looked at my husband and said, Daddy, the store is out of lemons. Later that day, they went to the store, and sure enough, they had a new protest produce manager who had messed up the order and the store was completely out of lemons how did she know right oh my gosh when we moved into our new house a relatively new building with no notable history she was very resistant to bedtime like she would get up and come downstairs multiple times not that unusual for a kid but she stopped doing it when i would face a corner of her room and tell something she never articulated exactly what it was to get out of her room if i forgot she made me come back in to do it so she would only go to bed if the mom came in and like did the routine just right yeah like yeah only if like like she she was fine in the house until it was bedtime and then she like would make her mom face a corner and say get out of the room like don't come back in this room is horrific horrific why are kids the scariest kids are scary just wait till he starts talking um she continues to say the absolute scariest thing that ever happened was in the last year she is now eight Her room is next to ours, and one night I was awakened by her screaming, like screaming her head off in terror. I go in, and she's curled up in a little ball on her bed, and she's hysterical. She told me that her toys were flying around her room. I tried to tell her that it must have been a dream, but she was absolutely insistent. 
The more I tried to calm her down, the more she would freak out, saying that things were moving behind me. Nope. It took me a good hour to get her settled down again. I never went back to sleep. LOL. I know she might have had a nightmare, but she's not the kid, a kind of kid that's prone to bad dreams. And once when we were in our old house, she positively insisted that her toy Minimus was moving, which is the winged horse from Sophia the First, which is a Disney cartoon for you non-parents. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we spoke briefly about her experiences since this. She says that her daughter doesn't really like to talk about it a lot, and she doesn't push her because she doesn't want to influence her to start making things up, Yeah, which is fantastic. That's something that I've always told people whose kids are experiencing what is seemingly paranormal and something that we talked about on our creepy kids episode Uh, listen to them when they come to you with stuff write down the things they say so you can keep a record of it but try to stay as neutral as possible Mm -hmm. when you're asking for information because if you positively reinforce them you run the risk of like poisoning the well and then they like just might make stuff up to make you listen she also mentioned one other thing She said when she was three, someone in her preschool class had a death in the family, and she started talking about angels. Now, three seems a little too young to understand death, the meaning of death, or what happens after we die. So it's very interesting that at this time, she would start mentioning angels and, like, repeatedly talking about angels. She also told her mom, Papa is going to be an angel first. And Papa is Hooray for Kate, 128's father-in-law. And she said he's still alive and well, but it definitely scared her big time when she said it. And after all the other things she, like, quote-unquote, knew without it being possible to know, it definitely seems like, like a possibility. Yeah, like, he might be that, the that first could absolutely come true. person she knows to pass away. Ooh, so We okay. haven't said it enough. Kids are creepy. Kids are creepy. I'm not looking forward to when Wilder starts saying <laughs> horrible, horrible things at 3 a.m. standing right. in our bedroom doorway. Because I feel like you're going to do it. There's no way he's not going to be a little weirdo. I know. Well, my, 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 hooray for Kate, one, two, eight. <laughs> Those are good stories, though. I know. Like, that yeah, is... she just had sort of story after story about her experiences with her daughter, and it yeah. was like, okay. <laughs> all right. All right, well. well. Love slash hate them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have oh, a story. Oh, I do. I should say, oh. she actually did say that she seems to cope with it really well. Like, the okay. only instance that her daughter had an issue was with the bedtime that one time when she had the nightmare and all the stuff was like flying around her room she said everything was moving but other than that she like seems very okay with okay the stuff that she's experiencing so So she doesn't seem completely terrified or all right so maybe it's something friendly happening question mark hope for the best (laughs) um okay this is from listener kyla hi kyla actually submitted a ton of stories so we'll probably read more on a future episode thank you for submitting but here we go she says little backstory which doesn't seem relevant but totally is my twins were born 12 weeks premature and i stayed with them at the nicu for a total of four months until they could come home during that time i never went home and i only stayed at the ronald mcdonald house in parentheses she says shout out to the greatest organization ever as I just couldn't bear to come home without my babies. I knew it would just feel wrong. So during this time, my husband, in-laws, and my parents were finishing their nursery 
as I never got a chance. My parents bought one crib and my in-laws said they would get another one. Sweet that that was taken care of. I figured both would be garage sale finds as both sides of my family are huge garage sale people. Hey, it's the best. (laughs) Um, After some time, my husband and I were talking about something or another, and I actually found out my in-laws had gotten the crib from the curb of my husband's great aunt's neighbor. Not that unusual. That is, until he said he remembered that the uncle murdered a girl here in town in the (gasps) late 80s, early 90s. What? what? She put in all caps, excuse me? He then went on to explain that the guy had always been one of those odd ducks in town, always being fingered by any mischief in town. So when a girl's dead body was found in a field with his brand of preferred beer cans and cigarette butts around her and the police interviewed people, uh, they found out the last time the girl had been seen was at the bar that he had been at the night before. They arrested him immediately. He went on to get convicted and sent to jail for murder. And then the weirdest part of it all is that my husband's family used to go camping with this guy. My husband remembered them hanging out with the guy, and my mother-in-law worked as a bartender at the bar that they had last been seen at before her murder. Oh, my God. Nothing super creepy happened with the crib, and my son slept in that crib just up until this past January when we moved the twins to the toddler beds. The crib is currently sitting in my garage as we needed to take the crib springs from his toddler bed, and we plan on giving it to someone who needs it once I get my sons in their beds. It's probably not that crazy, but it completely blew my mind that my family is so close to this murderous fellow, and they never once suspected that he would be capable of doing that kind of thing. These are the weird things that happen in my life. We have a close connection to murder in my family. This email is way too long, so I'll send another story (laughs) another time. Thanks for all the spooky stories that send chills down my spine. Kyla. Thanks, Kyla. Yeah. So... Was that? We hadn't had a murdery one in a while, so no. that's why I liked that story. Like that, she's so closely connected to this to murder, murder man. The uh, was that his crib then? Did, did you say it was the great aunt? It was given by the great aunt, the great aunt's neighbor, which is this. Oh, guy. the great aunt's. Okay, yeah, who's this guy that like went camping with them and went to the bar that his mom bartended at? So I don't know if it was his or it doesn't sound like he had kids. So. Right. Maybe it was his crib. Which I know that's I'm what I'm wondering. It's not haunted. Jeez, even if it wasn't haunted, if it was just like, I don't know, like that'd be someone giving me a crib and being like, "It this was Charlie Manson's when he was a baby." It's like, right? well, guess what? My baby's not sleeping in. I know. I love that she was just like, "Yeah, he slept in it until January." <laughs> I would be like, "Get it away from me!" But hey, good for you, Kyla. So this next storyteller wishes to remain anonymous. But this story was really fascinating to me. It's something that's similar to things I've heard in stories from other people before. But in this case, it may have saved a life. (gasps) So Anonymous writes, before my dad died, he once told me a story from when he was in Vietnam in the 1960s. He told me about a mission where he and one other American with five CIDG strikers, which I guess were South Vietnamese villagers turned fighters, Mm -hmm. they were tasked to emplace seismic ground sensors along a trail network deep in the jungle. He said they were about two days into the mission when he and two of the strikers split off from the main group to go watch a nearby trail intersection. He said the jungle was pretty quiet that day, just the sounds of birds and bugs and the occasional monkey. He said that they had been watching the trail intersection for about three or four hours and were deciding on whether to move further down the trail or to turn back and link up with the rest of the patrol. Before leaving the cover of the brush, my dad said he checked the trail ahead of them one last time and prepared his men to move. Now here's where the story gets interesting, and he told this part with absolute dead seriousness. 
He said that just as he started to step out onto the trail, he saw a light-skinned black Union cavalry soldier in full battle gear laying alongside the trail just shy of the intersection. My dad said that the Union soldier had two pistols, a Spencer rifle, and a short curved club at his hip. As my dad was trying to process what he was seeing, the soldier looked directly at him and smiled. Then the soldier slowly placed a finger up to his lips as if to tell him to be silent and then motioned my dad back off the trail. My dad said he signaled for his men to remain hidden and he recalled that as he slipped back into the jungle on one side of the trail, the Union soldier did the same on his side of the trail. Less than 10 seconds later, he said the lead element of a group of NVA, which were North Vietnamese Army soldiers, walked right through the trail intersection some 30 feet away. My dad estimated the group was comprised of some 70 to 80 soldiers equipped with automatic rifles, light machine guns, and rocket-propelled grenade launchers. He has no doubt that his entire team would have been wiped out on the spot. He said as soon as the enemy soldiers had passed, he and his team beat feet out of there as fast and as quietly as they could and rejoined the rest of the patrol. He reported the enemy soldiers his team had encountered but decided not to say anything about the soldier he had seen. My dad kept the secret for many, many years, only telling me just before he passed and earlier only telling his grandmother on her deathbed in the 1970s. He said when he told his grandmother, she smiled. And without opening her eyes, she said, you saw old Red Tom. Red Tom was my great-great-grandfather. He was half black, half Creek, a free man. Creek is also the um, Muscogee Indian tribe. Okay, I was going to ask. That's Creek. He was a scout for the Union Army during the Civil War and later served with the U.S. Cavalry in the American West. He was known for carrying two pistols, a Spencer rifle, and a Creek War Club into battle. That's what crazy town. Oh my gosh. So what? if it weren't for him, everyone could have just been completely yeah, they slaughtered. Died. Yeah. Red Tom. Is that the name? Red Tom. Red Tom, yeah. you savior. Isn't that sweet? That's so sweet. I love the feel I've, good um, I've heard other stories of soldiers in battle, specifically during Vietnam, but even within like the Iraq war in, uh, in Afghanistan. Saying that they've seen th- they've seen things that they can't explain, and it's almost as if there's like a strong, almost like familial connection between soldiers, like a brothers right. in arms type thing. Like yeah. there's some sort of connection where, even after their spirits move on, they continue to hang around to try and protect or comfort them, yes, maybe in for death, their fellow men. Yeah. But I actually have a link I'm going to post from an article from 2017 about paranormal encounters in the war in Afghanistan. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, those guys have some creepy stories. So I, I will put that on our Facebook page For and sure. I'll actually remember to do that. <laughs> I will definitely remember. <laughs> I to will do that. remember. All right. We'll see if Wilder will let me tell this next one. <laughs> it's from someone who's written in a couple of times before and she has some great stories. It's Leah. Um, not Leah in Nashville, who is our close <laughs> friend, but the Leah who wrote about the guy who appeared at her front door by the screen door. Oh, Do you remember? Shit. And it was yes. like, was he real or a ghost? Yeah. She had another story, and I was like, I got to read it. You got some good ones. Um, and also, she just, listeners, if you guys remember that story, she did write in again after Ashley asked her, Do you think it could have been a ghost? And she was like, Holy hell, I'd never I thought of it that way. I didn't think about it. Now it I can't absolutely, not think about yeah, it. <laughs> she's like, It absolutely could have been a ghost. <laughs> so that is definitely a theory. Hi, Leah. Welcome back. Welcome back. 
Leah writes, as I said in my last email, I lived in a very small town for the first 25 years of my life. Long story short, my dad had a bit of a midlife crisis and fell into drugs. He cheated on my mom and destroyed our family, etc. So because of that, I had to purchase my very first house, which happened to be about 11 miles away in another small town. But at least this one had a school, a gas station, and businesses other than a junkyard and a graveyard like Sandyville. My brother, who was seven years younger, and my mom moved with me. I distinctly remember thinking how calm the house felt and thanked whatever higher power was listening that it wasn't haunted. Cue to a year later when random but strange things started happening. My mom and brother never really believed the house was haunted or had experiences, but they both believed that I sometimes felt things and dreamt things that would come to pass later from time to time. So they did not find it odd at all that I started asking weird questions. Like if they had been in the kitchen late at night or if they had happened to leave the house and not turn off the light in some room, I would often ask them if they had been in a specific cupboard because I would find them open or I would hear the refrigerator open and close in the middle of the night. They got really used to remembering their habits in the house because of how often I would ask. Then one night I had gotten up to go to the bathroom I was barely awake, just thinking about how just thinking about how much I needed to pee, not thinking about ghosts or scary things. When I left the bathroom, though, that changed quickly. Have you ever felt the rush of somebody coming at you, like running full force at you? That's what it felt like that night. I stepped out of the bathroom and it felt like something was running at me from the kitchen. I instantly froze. I had no idea what it was. I didn't even have time to think. All I could do was stand there and wait for it to collide with my back. I don't even think I was breathing. I was just tensed and waiting. The energy kept building and building, and then it stopped. It was gone completely. Never touched me at all. The whole thing lasted less than 10 seconds, and as soon as it disappeared, I walked calmly to my room, shut the door, and proceeded to freak the fuck out. That was my first experience in the house where I was absolutely sure it was not just in my head. It was not a quirk of a new home, and it was nobody who was living there with me. This was something that had not been there when we moved in, but was there now. I try to protect and ward myself as much as possible, but sometimes things get through, and I think I may have picked up a spirit or two from somewhere else that followed me home and decided to stay in my house with me because I am just that awesome. (laughs) I love the way she writes. I know one was a male spirit because I saw him sitting at the kitchen table once in the middle of the day when I was minding my own damn business, no less. The gall of a ghost to show up during the day. (laughs) I will save the rest for another time so we have more things to chat about. I probably have two or three more stories that happened over the seven years that did nothing to help with my anxiety order. Anxiety disorder. Order. You're distracting me, Wilder. And she ends the email. I just like reading her emails because she's fun. Said, hope Lauren is doing great with her baby and hope Ashley is doing great with whatever it is she needs to be doing great with. (laughs) Love you like play cousins, Leah. (laughs) Leah is so funny. And obviously the baby's doing fine. You can hear him. He's just blowing raspberries. He's just blowing raspberries. Yeah, that feeling of something like running towards you. I know exactly what she means. Yeah, and just it's like, almost like you, you, you tense up to brace for the impact. For the impact, yeah. And then to have nothing happen, you're just like, happen, it's like, oh God. And then you're just, your nerves are frayed. Right. Because it's sort of like you immediately get put into fight or flight. So you're totally, what's it called? Your endorphins? Yeah. Or, right? or endorphins? It? No. Endorphins are what make you feel good when you're working yeah. out, I think. Your, your, I don't know. In it's not adrenaline, right? Adrenaline. Oh, yeah. So your <laughs> adrenaline, like, is it? your adrenaline kicks like, in, kicks in and like rushes through your body, and when that wears off, you feel like extra tired, extra like you feel sick almost. Totally. So, 
I know exactly what she's talking about. I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever had something like that specific happen. Right. But I've been in a situation where I've braced myself for something to happen. Same. And my adrenaline has kicked in. And then afterwards, I feel like total shit because. You're you're like coming down from it. (laughs) You're you're coming down. All right. That's why she's like, I had to go in my room and just like full on panic because I don't know what just happened. It also sucks that she was like, we got to this new house and I thought everything was fine and good because she seems to have like an empathetic, somewhat of an opening to spirits or so she has said. And so to go to a house and be like, I'm finally free. And then something finds you a year later. You're like, really? Really? Great. But you're hanging in there, Leah. We appreciate you. Yeah, we need like monthly check-ins from Leah. I know. I'm pretty sure I have one more story from her tucked away in an email, so it won't be the end of yeah. Leah. I need a monthly check-in to be like, okay, so you still with us? Everything fine? <laughs> Thank you, Leah. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Mm-hmm. I actually wanted to follow my soldier story with another strange story about a potentially helpful spirit. Okay. Um, this story comes in from Doug. Who lives in St. Pete, Florida. Hello. It's right by my parents. Oh, my gosh. Maybe so they cute. know each other. Besties. Also, Doug, you're going to have to listen to our brothers over at Florida Men on Florida Man. Yes. Because if you know anything about Florida, I think you'll love their show. Absolutely. And you got to know one or two things because you live there. Yes. So Doug from St. Pete says, this is 100% true as it happened to me. Many years ago, before there were cell phones, we had these things called pagers strapped to our hips. (laughs) Oh, yes. Someone would page you with their phone number, and you would call them back when you got to a phone. And as an on-call technician working in the audio-visual field, my pager would go off all the freaking time. Like most people who use pagers, our clients knew that if you followed up your number with a 911, that would indicate to the technician to stop what they were doing and call right away. Although I was always busy, I rarely ever got 911s. One afternoon, traveling from Orlando to St. Petersburg via Interstate 4, my pager goes off with a number I don't recognize, followed oh. by 911. I find the first exit and pull into a little truck stop looking place outside of Plant City to use the payphone. This takes maybe three minutes tops. I walk in, I ask for some change, and I head to the wall where there are four payphones to choose from i pop my quarter in i dial the number displayed on my trusty pager it rings and rings and rings and rings and i'm thinking to myself what the fuck who would page me with a 911 and then not answer their phone it's just about then that i notice another ringing sound in addition to the one in my ear i pull the handset from my ear and two phones over on the wall another payphone is ringing nope But with an incoming call, I hang up my handset and the ringing stops on the other phone. I walk a few paces over, I pick up the handset, and I look at the phone number printed above the buttons. I look at the number on my pager, I look at the number on the phone, I look at the number on my pager again, I look at the phone again, and except for the 911, they are identical numbers. I kind of lose my breath for a second, and then I make my way over to the girl at the counter, and I ask if she saw anyone use that payphone. She said that I was the only person in the store within the last hour. Nope. The whole episode probably took 15 minutes, but man, I was freaked out. The hair on the back of my neck was standing straight up, and I just wanted out of there. I get about 10 miles down the highway and come upon a scene that looked like a bomb went off. Duh. 
A a four-car pileup involving a tractor-trailer hauling a load of steel that had come loose. State troopers and paramedics just arriving. I pulled over to the side and helped the best I could, but it was all pretty much over once it began. I have no idea why I got that page or from whom, but what I'm convinced of is that if I hadn't, I would not be alive to write this today. Yeah, it was like a warning. But from who? But from who? It reminds me of, what's the name on, uh, you know, Mothman (laughs) Prophecies? Oh, Ingrid Cold? Ingrid Cold. Yeah. Yeah. That Ingrid. No, Ingrid. 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 Ingrid Cold. Um, Yeah, Ingrid Cold. It reminds me of that. Like a number calling you. I know they didn't really hear any like voices or breathing, but it's like the warning. A number called. Nor a the warning from the universe with nine one one, and then he stops at a restaurant. And the thing is, is like if someone was trying to play a joke on him, how would they know where he was? That's what this I'm is saying. not the time of GPS. Obviously, there's no cell phones, so there's no GPS. How did they call that payphone? So how did they call from that payphone? Right to his pager. Yeah, I don't it's understand. That is bonkers wild. town. That was sending chills up my neck. Like yeah. that. The more you kept going, wilder like, too. I know he's freaking out. Um, <laughs> um, that's intense. Obviously, if this happened, this this took place quite some time ago. Right. Pagers, etc., payphones. But if this had just happened like a month ago, I'd be like, um, this is a final destination situation, yep. and you need to get into a padded room right now, immediately, immediately. and never come out. One hundred percent. Yeah, that is really weird. Really, strange. I, that's not even like scary. It's just bizarre and. Yeah, it's, I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, it's just one of those things gives me where, like, the at the end of the day, you're just like, I need How? a drink. Yeah, I need, need a strong cocktail. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, what and then happened? seeing that horrible accident, being like that, what Holy if that was shit, me? Holy shit, that would have been me if I, or right. could have been me, could you know, right. if I hadn't stopped to take that call. Holy bucket. So thank you, Doug. That story is yes. bananas. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> um, I actually have a feel-good story. Oh, goodness. Okay, this story is from Anonymous. Um, she did not want her name on here. That's but she okay. Says, I feel you, girl. I know, right? She says, hey there, Ashley and Lauren. This is actually a feel-good story. She says, my grandfather passed away when I was just six months old, and I have absolutely no memories of him, only stories that I've been told and pictures that I've seen. I should also mention that every picture I saw growing up and as a child was from the prime of his life, never in the last few years of his life when he was incredibly sick. My family wanted to shield me from seeing him like that and probably didn't want to deal with the questions I would have had. When I was growing up, my mom was kind of out in and out of the hospital for the first seven-ish years of my life, and my dad was working tons of overtime to support the family. So during this time, my grandmother moved into our home to help with my raising. She obviously talked about her late husband regularly, so I guess thoughts of my grandfather started making their way into my subconscious. On this particular night, my dad was working the night shift, and my mom is in the hospital, so only myself and my grandmother were at home. I was six years old, and my grandmother put me to bed, but I told her that there was a monster in my room and I needed her to sleep with me. I had a bed sized for a six-year-old, so obviously that didn't happen, but after a little while of begging, she agreed to let me sleep in her bed with her. When I laid down, I vaguely remember rolling over to look at her and saying, Mima, the monster followed us in here. But I was a kid, so she brushed it off and just told me to go to sleep. She was like, all right, kid. All right, shut up. I had a hard time falling asleep, but eventually did until I was startled awake at exactly 3 a.m. Always, always 3 a.m. The witching hour. The witching hour. I was woken up by a long, high-pitched squeak, exactly like when a door is opening very slowly, but the hinge is squeaky, and I'm sure you know the exact noise I'm talking about. Oh, yes. 
As a child, I could not sleep with a bedroom door open, so I know for a fact that the door was closed and latched when we went to bed. But when I woke up at three, I looked up and the door was wide open. Nope. The bathroom is attached to the bedroom, so there's no reason for the bedroom door to have opened in the middle of the night. When I looked away from the door, I caught movement in my peripheral vision and looked to the side, and my grandfather was standing directly beside the bed looking down at me. He was tall, skinny, wearing a hospital gown with small polka dots on it, and every inch of his exposed skin was absolutely covered in bruises. I squeezed my eyes closed immediately and tried to go back to sleep, and I didn't open my eyes again until morning. I told my grandmother about it the next day, but she brushed the idea away and told me it was just a dream. And again, I'd never seen a photo of him in that sickly state, but I get it. I was a kid and kids say the damnedest things. Fast forward 15 years to just a few weeks ago. I was back in my parents' home helping my mom clean out their bedroom, and we got distracted looking through old photos. As we were flipping through them, we got to a specific image, and I almost stopped breathing. I turned white. My mom asked me what the hell was wrong with me. We were looking at a picture of my grandfather that my mom said was taken the morning of the day that he died. He was lying in the hospital, sickly and skinny, in a white hospital gown with small navy polka dots, and his arms were completely bruised. And I know I had never seen this picture before, but everything I saw that night when I was six years old was depicted in this image. I asked my mom about the bruising and she told me that his only wish when he got sick was to meet me and have a chance to spend time with me, his first and only grandchild. So when I was born, he would hold me constantly and let me crawl and squirm all over him in his hospital bed, even though it hurt and bruised him because all he wanted was to have the chance to make memories of me before he died. I know I referred to the ghost as a monster when I was a kid, but to a six-year-old, ghost automatically equals monster. I never saw him again until I was 17. He visited my bedside the night before I received my college acceptance letter, and I've now seen him every night before a major positive life event has occurred. My graduation, my first day of college, my first internship offer, and when my boyfriend asked me to move in. It stopped freaking me out as I got older, and now having heard what my mom had to say and seeing that picture of him, it only brings me peace. Now that I'm an adult who can actually process things like that, I know that he's only around to show his love for me, and that with him comes positivity. Now I can look forward to whenever his next visit is going to be. Wow. The sweetest. the sweetest story I was like getting a little choked up towards the end. I was like, ooh, that's good. Mostly because Wilder got to go... Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Oh my gosh. Wilder go. got to visit my grandma, who's 97 years old and dying, and it just reminds me of that. Aww, I thought it was Lauren. really sweet. Anyway, so that it was sweet. really cute. And I'm glad you got to meet her, Wilder. You crazy? Wilder, you mean that so? <laughs> Did I ever tell you about my Aunt Donna? The one that visits you? Didn't you yeah. and your sister? <laughs> me and Jamie, yeah. Yes. But um, my Aunt Donna was in the hospital. She had cancer. This was when I was three. Jamie was like just born, and um, she was she was in a coma for like at this point months. Oh wow! Um, and we just no one knew what to do. Like if yeah. she was going to come out of it, maybe not months, but it was a long time. It was like at least a month she was in this coma, and my sister uh, ended up being born early, like early, early, like Your six sister weeks was? early. Yeah, I don't think I knew that. To the point, you know, she was a preemie preemie. She had to be kept in like an incubator for X amount of weeks. Right. And uh, my sister was born. And as soon as she was able to like come out of the incubator, my mom took her to my Aunt Donna's room at the hospital. And my Aunt Donna woke up oh from her coma that she hadn't 
she come out of. She woken up in months. She woke up and just reached for Jamie. Oh my gosh. And held her and sang to her. And oh, bless, oh, bless you. you. And that's why my little sister's middle name is Lee. Donna oh, Lee. I so, love that. Yeah. Oh. Bless you, Wilder. I swear, so, yeah. like, And then families... she passed away a couple yeah. weeks later. You hear stories like that all the time mm-hmm. where I swear family stays alive just in time yeah. for, like, an important event before they pass on. It's it so was like she was just waiting. She just wanted to meet she my my sissy. That is so sweet. Because my mom, she was, like, a second mom to me. Yeah. So I, I think when my mom so well was pregnant, her. she was just so excited to meet her. Yeah. And she got to... That's so sweet. Wilder's got the hiccups. What do I do? He's just going to have him <laughs> making all the noises. This next story is one of my favorites because it's just so strange and creepy. And the setting and location is so innocent and sterile. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> so ready. the storyteller's name is Amanda. And this is her tale. So in high school, I worked kids' birthday parties. The place was basically a giant gym, and uh, gymnastics and dance classes were also held there. It kind of seems like one of those places with trampolines and foam pits and right. stuff, you know what I'm Did, talking about? Yes, which they have a bunch of those now, but do you remember back in the day, like, DZ Discovery Zone? Did you yes. ever have one of those? Yeah. That kind of mm-hmm. sounds like that, where, Ours like, was, there's plush We have one and... in my hometown called Froggies. <laughs> love I that. Don't know. So, but it's, like, the same thing. <laughs> I love it. So one day, I came in, and, oh... Sorry. You're going to get drooly. Wilder's licking me, <laughs> yep. and it's very weird. I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's okay. One day I came in, and one of the girls I worked with, who was very spiritual and very religious, was totally freaked out. During the gymnastics class she taught that morning, one of the kids was staring up at the ceiling. When she asked the kid what he was doing, he said, there's a little boy up there, and pointed at the ceiling. Oh, good. Strange enough, but whatever. Kids are weird. Yep. Later... Two girls who were working a birthday party before mine came out of the gym and were visibly shaken. A pair of five-year-old twins went down the slide and then stared at the ceiling. They both said that there was a little boy up there in the same spot on the ceiling that the kid from the morning gymnastics class had seen. At a play place? At a play place. My goodness. We all went in and inspected the ceiling. Of course, it was just a regular gray warehousey ceiling, but we were all super freaked out at that point. During my party, I was pushing a little boy on the giant swing we had in the gym. He too began to stare at the ceiling. He said directly to my face, Hey, there's a little boy up there. I can't. We told all of our coworkers and managers about the three separate experiences we had that day with children from our different parties and classes seeing a little boy on the ceiling. The next day, we had downtime between parties, and nobody was in the gym. There are cameras in the gym that allow parents to see their children playing from the lobby. My manager called us out of the break room and said, Guys, come check this out. We come out to see the screen, which is streaming from the gym, showing that giant swing going back and forth. But nobody's in there. It's just the swing going. Bye. I like to think the ghost was truly a little boy who just wanted to play, and he finally got to go on the swing. Could be worse. Okay. There. That's. I love the positive spin on it. I. This made me laugh so hard because I asked if there had ever been anything else scary happen there, and she told this story, which made me laugh until I snorted. She said, "Nothing else too scary ever happened. The weirdest thing that happened up until that point was when a kid ate a cupcake and then threw up on the floor, and the frosting looked exactly like it had on the cupcake, like a perfectly shaped rainbow swirl on the ground." <laughs> 
laugh thinking of this kid throwing him a cupcake and it's like a perfect and (laughs) it's just the icing right that is hilarious i I love that but i just thought that story was so interesting because i was like this is the weirdest place to be haunted i have never heard a story in that type of setting i didn't know where you were going with it when you said the setting is so unique i'm not you're correct that is the last thing i was expecting you to say it's like a McDonald's play place being right. haunted or a DQ. <laughs> Hot D- eat school yeah. treats. Hot eat school treats. Haunted by a little kid who haunted just wanted by a child. to swing maybe. Yeah. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Are you okay holding him for now? Oh, I'm totally fine if you would just stop spitting on my arm. I know. If you need. <laughs> oh, yeah. Burp cloth. Burp cloth. Wonderful. Okay, we have a story from listener Gabriella, who, again, submitted a few, so you'll probably hear from her a couple of times. It was so hard to choose. Our listeners are amazing. Seriously. We love you. Um, Gabriella says, I used to co-own an artsy magazine, and I was in charge of events. We had been wanting to put on a fashion show for some time, but were waiting for the perfect theme to pop into our heads. That's when I thought of it, Dante's Inferno. All of the layers of hell represented by a different designer, different hair and makeups with a female model playing Satan sitting on a badass throne the whole time. She attached some photos that I can show you after this. She just wanted us to see. You know, it's kind of weird when I was younger. uh, You know, when you like dream of the things that you're going to do and you're like, I'm going to be a princess and I'm also going to design clothes and I'm also going to dig up dinosaur bones. I, when I decided I wanted to have a fashion show, mm-hmm. it was always going to be to the song Highway to Hell. Yes. Uh, the Marilyn Manson version. Oh, okay. And it would that like, the whole runway me. would be just flames. Oh my gosh. So That doesn't Gabriella, surprise me. I feel you, girl. <laughs> She's on your level, girl. <laughs> that That is, of course, the fashion show that you would put yeah. on. <laughs> she continues to say, it was a huge undertaking, and while it was really fun to plan, I had to take a deep dive into the dark side of the internet for research purposes and inspiration. Backing up just a little bit, I had just moved into a huge house in my college town with three of my closest friends, and it was pointed out to us by our acquaintances that lived there before us that there were at least two gravestones in the backyard. Whoa. Oh, bless, bless you, you sire. One, bless you, Get it together. <laughs> one, of, one was huge and laying on its side, tucked away in the back corner of our very large yard. Some of the etching was rubbed off, and it was on the underside where we couldn't read it. So the day we moved in, we all brought flowers over to it and simply stated that we weren't trying to take over the home or the land and that we meant no harm, which is very smart. I don't feel like people would do that if they found gravestones in the back. That was very good. Um, We never found the second gravestone, though. Around the time that I was looking into all things dark and creepy for the fashion show, weird stuff started happening in the house. But it was all primarily targeted at our one roommate, Demi, whose bedroom was at the back of the house closest to the gravestone. One instance involved her dog Squeaky Toy being thrown across the room with such force that it broke a mirror. Cool. While she and her dog were just sitting there on the bed with no other pets or people around. Another incident became a huge ordeal when she got locked in the bathroom. The house was really old and had doorknobs with skeleton keyholes, but since those locks weren't in use, we had a tiny metal latch at the top of the bathroom door that we could easily unhook. She was banging on the door from the inside, telling us to let her out, and we sat in front of the door for 45 minutes trying to get her out before giving up and calling our landlord. The conversation went as follows. Me, hey, is there any way you could come over ASAP? Demi is locked in the bathroom and we can't get the doorknob. Or the door itself off. Landlord, what do you mean she's locked in the bathroom? It's a latch hook. Me, the latch hook is undone, but the doorknob isn't turning and it got locked somehow. Landlord, well, the only way to lock that is with the skeleton key and I'm the only one who has it. 
And I thought, obviously. In the meantime, <laughs> we get a ladder and she wiggles out of the tiny window in the bathroom. And the landlord comes over later that day to get the door open. And the entire time, the landlord could not figure out how it would have possibly gotten locked. The day after the fashion show, we were sitting on the couch watching some horror movie and decompressing after the exhausting weekend when we heard glass hit the floor. We thought maybe my cat had knocked over a beer bottle or something since we just had a party at our place the night before. But when we walked over, the cat was sleeping nowhere near where the sound came from. And we were trying to look all over the place, but we didn't see anything out of place. On the ground was a tiny piece of clear glass, and upon further investigation, we realized it came from a flower vase that we had way high up. We looked at the vase, and there was a fairly straight horizontal line where the vase had broken clean into two pieces other than that tiny piece on the floor. Like you could literally lift the top portion up entirely, and the bottom would still be there standing. I don't know if there's some explanation about pressure in the air or whatever, but nothing like that had happened to me before or since. So in summation, I don't know if I invited something into the house with all of the fucked up stuff I was watching and reading, or maybe it had to do with the gravestone, or if it was just a combination of the two, but I was thrilled to move out of there when the time came. So that's a bizarre one. Yeah. That is a bizarre one. Yeah, because there is the gravestone thing, and it was happening to the girl closest to the gravestone, so you could just say, like, yeah, it was the spirit of that person, but nothing happened until she started, like, going on the dark web and getting into some creepy, eepy stuff. So I don't know, could it could it be a connection of the two? Like, you almost, Maybe. like, conjured something up with a negative vibe? Yeah. I don't or know. maybe it's, like, your own negativity. Right. I was talking to a friend recently who... The last two places he's lived, he doesn't feel like either one of them are haunted until like in the one before, like he went through this really bad relationship and this really bad breakup. Mm. He said things started to get really crazy around that time. And like uh, he was like physically pushed around that time by something he couldn't see. And then uh, the next house that he lived in was the same thing where everything was fine. and then something was going on in his life that was affecting him negatively and, and then, then stuff, stuff started, started like pounding on the ground and stuff like that and it was like well maybe it's you it's right. not maybe and it's just you know that's what a poltergeist is it's just like a buildup of energy it's that your gets energy released. and i wonder if that's what was happening here too but yeah, then it's also like but the gravestone yeah, <laughs> so the gravestone. Yeah, that reminds me of when you had the situation when you were reading that. Weren't you reading a book about demons in your Mm -hmm. trailer? And that's when stuff started happening. And you're like, is it because I'm reading this book? Yeah, exactly. It was just interesting. That story is for a future episode. Oh, I can't wait. I can't believe you haven't told it yet. (laughs) I haven't. I've been waiting for our demon episode. I feel like I've heard it from you nine times. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Gabriella, that was kind of nuts. Did it say when this was for her? Let me look. I'm sure it. I want to say she said in college. Okay. I wasn't sure if she. Yeah. She said I moved into a huge house in my college town. Oh, so she actually, this probably was like right after college is kind of the vibe that I'm getting, but she didn't reference a year or anything. But yeah. Interesting. Thank you, Gabriella. That is a Thank you so much. That is a good one. This next story is very sweet. (gasps) Love it. It warmed my heart. The storyteller would like to remain anonymous, and I would love to know what you have to say about it, Lauren. Is it a crazy coincidence, or was there something else at work? So Anonymous says, I was very close to my grandfather. He was easily the best person in my life. He was an amazing man and went way out of his way to be supportive and connected. 
He wrote me letters all the time. We stayed at their house often. He encouraged my education and would send workbooks, novels, etc. for me. He had worked in education until he retired, a school district superintendent, and really believed in the importance of early childhood education and reading. He was very involved in my education and a very positive man. He died when I was 14, and I was devastated. It really changed a lot in my family dynamics. He had always been the head of the family. My dad, his son, was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I struggled with depression. It was a really hard time for me, and I missed him greatly. I still do. When I was 25, my first child was born. We named her Raven. Not a super common name here. I'm Canadian. Mm -hmm. When she was about four or five, I was browsing through the discarded books at our local library and came across a book about a raven who thought she had ugly feathers and wanted beautiful feathers like all the other birds. The moral of the book being that we all have our own traits and abilities that make us special and that through accepting ourselves and our own individuality, we will really seem we will have a much better life than if we try to be something we aren't. I thought it was a touching book and really seemed perfect for my daughter, Raven. Of course. So I bought it and took it home. When I went to read it to her later that day, I opened to the front cover and saw a sort of sticker plaque on the inside cover. It said that this book had been donated to the city's library system, among several others, in my grandfather's name when he died. Whoa. I dropped the book in shock. And a chill ran up my spine, but there it was. His name, his date of his death, and a blurb about how important children's education had always been to him and how he believed our children are the future. He had left a sum of money in his will to our city's public library system to use to purchase books for the children's sections. I called my mom and told her about this, and she was stunned. She knew that this had been part of his will, but that was it. She didn't know the books that got she donated. She didn't know the specific book. So I happened to pick up a book at my local library out of quite a few libraries. It's a big city about a raven, my daughter's name, who learned to love herself for who she was, which had always been my grandfather's messages to me, that had been donated by my grandfather's estate to the library system 15 years previous to that day. Crazy. On the day that it was put out for sale as a used, discarded book, I bought it and had not found the plaque inside until I went to read it at home. Oh my goodness. It felt like a gift from him to me and my child. I can't even fathom the odds of that happening. I have never been a believer of the supernatural, and I don't believe my grandfather's ghost somehow arranged this, but it does seem to be a stretch to call it a coincidence. I agree. I feel like yeah. that's way too crazy to just call it a coincidence. Yeah. Do you and think granted, he somehow like, knew, like, had the had a dream that she was going to have a daughter named Raven? Like, Man, well, because the thing is, is he just donated the money. Like, it wasn't even, like, he didn't pick I the know, books. But, he just kind of donated he, the like, money. he, knew, so he's going to pick that book? <laughs> I don't know. Just pretending this man has the most superhuman power. Well, he says, I like to believe that his spirit somehow still checks in on me and my kids. Yeah. I don't know how else to explain this. It still gives me chills. Um, at the time, I felt such a sense of love and comfort. I've missed my grandfather for many years now. My daughter is now 14, the age I was when he died. She's long grown out of reading that story, but I kept it close just the same. Ugh. Obviously, never get of rid course, of that book. Never, ever. And then get she rid of can't get rid of that book, and then that book goes to the next one, yeah. and they can't get rid of that book. The Raven book has to stay in the family for all eternity. Also, what a sweet book. Yeah, I love that. It's sort of like the Ugly Duckling. I 
was literally going but to with say a cooler that, but animal. then I remember, didn't the duckling turn into a swan at the end? And I yeah, liked that it wasn't in this a one, duckling it was sort at of all. like, you don't have to turn into anything else. You're beautiful no matter what. <laughs> but they both have great mischief. <laughs> well, because like in the it. ugly duckling, he doesn't turn into a swan. He it's was a, a swan. He was a swan the whole time. Like a duck. But he didn't look like a duck. And he was kind of ugly because baby swans are ugly right but i'm just saying like right. i like which is also a good message but i kind of like the raven one i thought better you just were like, under the impression that the ugly <laughs> the duckling duck was a duck no. and got magically turned into a swan and i was like no, no. oh lauren you need to reread the ugly what if duckling? i misunderstood that story <laughs> my like, entire wait a minute life. what wait, no, he wasn't a duck what <laughs> Hold on. No, yes. I did understand that, but I love the, I also love the message of just like, hey, Except yeah, you yourself. are a raven, but own yeah. it. Very nice. All the grandfather heartwarming stories. I know what's day. happening. This episode yeah. is going to be called like <laughs> Grandpa Love. No, that sounds good. <laughs> grandpa not, Love. Not calling it Grandpa Love. <laughs> Please excuse that horrible title. Okay, this is actually my last one from listener Justine. I believe it's the same Justine that we also interact with a lot on social media, but maybe there's two, but we're a fan. Okay. We're a fan of every Justine. We're a fan of all Justines. <laughs> Hi, Ashley, Lauren, and Wilder. You were really included in the title. <gasps> Wilder. I'm a big fan of the show. I like to, some. I know I go on and on, but I like to read sometimes the intros that people give because they're so sweet. They are so sweet. I love them. She says, I don't have any girlfriends who love things that go bump in the night. It's just me. So as much as I'm super proud to be that girl, it's amazing to listen to you both and know that I'm not alone. The show is phenomenal and I love you. Anyway, the last episode of Listener Ghost Stories motivated me to share a crazy story that happened to me while in university. Now, as much as I... (laughs) He's being funny. As much as I wish I had that it had to do with the paranormal, it does not. It's just a scary story that happened to me and is based in reality. While I was in university, I lived in St. Catharines, Ontario. So this city has some very scary areas. The building I lived in was epically sketchy. It actually used to be a halfway house before it was converted into cheap student rentals. So naturally, being invincible and 19, that's where I chose to live. My poor parents. The building (laughs) I lived in was connected to another building by a weird platform balcony thing. And this becomes important later. Early one morning at about 5 a.m., I was woken up by my boyfriend at the time talking to somebody. It took me a minute to rouse myself out of sleep, but once I started listening, I realized that what I was hearing didn't make any sense. He was speaking to someone, but the female voice that was talking back was speaking gibberish, and she seemed very angry. I got myself out of bed and walked to our bedroom, and my boyfriend stopped me in the hallway. He motioned for me not to move. He was standing outside of the bathroom, and he seemed scared. I finally figured out what was happening. The woman I could hear incoherently talking was forcing herself through our bathroom window. Oh, no. My boyfriend was trying to talk to her and reason with her that she didn't live at this apartment. He was trying to physically stop her, but she was swiping and scratching at him. She was clearly strung out on something and was not listening. She kept coming and kept squeezing her way in through the window. The woman was shouting and screeching, and I could only make out the odd word. She seemed furious, but we didn't know at what. All at once, she was all the way in. Oh, no. no. We grabbed the bathroom door to lock her in while we called the cops. We both held the door closed, and even though she wasn't a very big woman, we were having a hard time keeping it shut. Oh my god, was she high on drugs? She had to have been. Was she high on drugs? She eventually forced her way out of the room, and we backed away. She started smashing pictures off the walls and was grabbing at the glass on the floor before the cops finally showed up. Oh, Jesus. They addressed her by name as soon as they saw her. Oh, Karen, yeah. okay. here 
here we are again. So she had some issues. I really don't remember if her name was Karen, but in my head, that's what fits, which I love. It's like, it's always a Karen. It then took four large police officers to drag her off into their squad car. We weren't even asked to give a statement. They just left. It turns out she used that weird balcony thing to climb up and get to our bathroom window. I guess she may have known someone who lived there before. It was so terrifying having someone force their way into our home. And that was one thing. But the fact that she was absolutely out of her mind on drugs was another thing completely. And needless to say, I do not live in St. Catharines anymore. And she ends it with, it's not a ghosty story. I love when you guys say ghosty. Me too. We like to say, not a ghosty story. One day, maybe I'll have one to share too. Thanks, ladies. Keeping it weird every day. Justine. Thank you, Justine. And also, I am so sorry. I would I never sleep again. Right? I would have ever. Be like, We're moving tomorrow because that woman is just going to come back. I Karen's know. The fact that it was again. just like, oh, I used to do this with so and so that lived here. It's like, well, right. I bet they didn't want it either. <laughs> Nobody Karen. wanted you coming in, Karen. <laughs> Get out of our bathroom. Get out of here. I just can't imagine waking up and being like, oh, my boyfriend's talking to someone like maybe he's on the phone because you're like kind of half asleep. But then to like hear a woman be like, like just out yeah. of her mind crawling through and your trying window to get in your window. No. Oh, my gosh. Just, oh, my God. That's the most frightening thing I can think of. That is the scariest. Drugs, man. Don't do them. <laughs> don't do hey, them. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Unless it grows in the ground. If it grows in the ground, it's there good to go. go. That's a good lesson. Yes. My final story is short, but oh so spooky. Uh, the storyteller is Reddit user 69fatboy420. <laughs> well done. When I asked how he would like to be credited, he said it would be cool if you credited just this username, if only for the sake of hearing 69fatboy420 in a paranormal-themed podcast. So there you go. I mean... 69fatboy420. <laughs> congrats getting that name in this podcast. That uh, is awesome. Your wish is my command. He actually seems very nice and not at all what you would expect From 69 fatboy 420 very to nice. be like. So... One night some years ago, I was moving out of an apartment where I had been living alone. I had spent the last five days moving my stuff out and only had some stuff left over in a closet. Having cleared out the closet almost fully, I noticed serious damage to the interior wall hidden behind an ironing board that I never use. A huge chunk of it was missing and there was some drywall on the closet floor. I got nervous because I knew I might lose my deposit. After moving everything out of the way, I noticed that the space in the wall fell down into what I assumed was the same closet, but in the apartment underneath me. I knew right away that it was mice or rats because I'd seen them do the exact same thing before. They eat through everything. I got a flashlight to look down to see if there was a bunch of mice down there and if I needed to call someone. I stuck my head in the hole and shone the light, and it was actually pretty clear, except there was a small ladder leading up to my closet. What? From the closet in the apartment below his. What? So I freaked out quietly and I turned off the flashlight. I saw some light being cast into the space from the lower floor and I saw a shadow move as though someone was standing there and then moved when I turned the light off. Holy I yanked the ladder out, damaging the wall even more in the process and ran out across the street to a Denny's parking lot and called the cops. As soon as I hung up, I saw the blinds in my window part open for a few seconds and then close again. What? They came within minutes and apprehended my downstairs neighbor. Turns out he hadn't left his apartment in almost three years. He had developed paranoid schizophrenia, 
causing him to visit my apartment when I was out. The worst part is, I remember hearing crying and wailing sounds coming from my closet as far back as a year before I moved out. Great. Long wails that would start and stop in the middle of the night. He was not charged with anything and lives in a halfway house last I heard. This was like four years ago. My goodness. Yeah, so he would crawl up into his closet and like like wail at night when he was sleeping. cannot handle that. So there the were some people things, stories are crazy. The real people stories I can't they're know, even scarier. There were some interesting events leading up to this discovery things he had just completely overlooked. So he noticed white gray flakes slash powder all around his apartment from time to time and he thought it was the stucco ceiling flaking off. Uh-huh. And there was never an obvious trail back to the closet, but it's clear that he got drywall on himself when going through the hole. Right. And he assumes that he most of the time swept up after himself, and that's why he like couldn't find. It wasn't find. always yeah. there. Uh, one time he closed the blinds before going out on a hot day to keep the place from getting stuffy and came back to them being open. Nope. And uh, he said, I actually met the guy when I first moved in. He introduced himself outside as my downstairs neighbor. Not sure how he knew. Right. Uh, He said he hoped that we could be good friends. And that was about a year before he stopped leaving his apartment. I did see a police photo of him taken the day of the incident. And he looked like he just stopped eating. He was extremely skinny, pale, and had a crazed look. When I met him, he was just a normal looking guy walking his dog. It's crazy that that happened to him, like to the, that this guy got so, you know, deeply, deeply paranoid. Or yeah. I don't know. Would you, would you say it was paranoid it schizophrenia? It was paranoid schizophrenia. But he seemed so up, normal yeah. before. Wow. Well, we it could have been that he, disorders. I know. That's crazy. It could have been that he was schizoid or that he was paranoid or that right. he even had schizophrenia but was medicated and then stopped taking his taking medication yeah. either by choice or maybe he lost his health insurance. Oh, yeah. And from there, you just spiral. It's honestly it's like, so depressing. I feel Oh, it's bad. totally depressing. I mean, as scary as it is for the guy who had to experience him coming up into his closet you just feel so awful for that neighbor too yeah. like you were probably he going was probably hell. doing this for years right he obviously never hurt the guy yeah he obviously it doesn't it seem, seem like he, like he stole anything right but it's still like it's just like you said like lauren's been having problems people have been breaking into her car yeah it just and feels it's just like, like a violation, violation yeah. where like someone's been in your space without you knowing right that's yeah that was exactly what i told ashley they didn't really take anything expensive from my car just like little knickknacks here and there but just to come back to your car and have like things moved around and knowing someone was in there is just like gives me the chills like yeah. oh you were in my space yeah and that's and I how don't know who you i'm are sure this guy and... is feeling too like oh yeah. this stranger was in here and like what why was he crying in my closet yeah and, why was he wailing oh and... it's just it makes you feel so uneasy so thank you 69 fat boy 420 (laughs) thank you very much even with that special username (laughs) (laughs) those were great stories those were all so good thank you so much for sending those in you can always send us your stories our email address is Keep it weirder. I haven't said it in so long. I know, I just Keep it weirder that. at gmail.com. You can also send us stories via Instagram, via Facebook, via Twitter. You, you can want. also get on our website, keepitweirdpodcast.com. There's a place you can message us on there. Send All us the your ways. stories. We uh we love hearing from you and 
Um, even if we can't make it into an episode, we we love talking to you about weird stuff. So. Absolutely. I love interacting with you guys. And I know, I feel like Ashley has said it recently on an episode, but we truly love you guys and are so lucky truly. to have the listeners that we have. You guys are so loyal and wonderful and full of great stories. So keep writing in. Keep writing. we love it. <laughs> and that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Join us next week for another episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Is that what we're doing? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, that was a surprise for you guys and Lauren, apparently. <laughs> well, because we were deciding between two topics. Yes. And so I wasn't sure if that was the one, and I'm Fuck it. so Unsolved excited. Unsolved Mysteries. I want to do it. Let's do I it. I know. I love it. Follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast. That's across all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can check us out on YouTube as well. We have a YouTube channel. We're just about to go film uh, This Week in Weird, our new segment. Check it. Go to Etsy, www.etsy.com slash shop slash Keep It Weird podcast to get merch for the show Keep It Weird. Head over to our Patreon again at www.patreon.com slash Keep It Weird podcast to donate to the show. You get bonus episodes, you get newsletters, and you get... 20% or 10% off merchandise and Amazing. some other goodies. We'll we'll give you a shout out on the show and Lauren might sing you a song. I don't know. We're doing some <laughs> stuff. We're doing some cool stuff these days. The last song I wrote was incredible. It so. was very good. I'm sure you guys remember it from last week. Our sign off this week is... <laughs> Grandpa Love. I was literally <laughs> about to say that. You read my mind. I was going to be like, Grandpa Love, Nothing like coming Grandpa to a Love. theater near you. <laughs> Maybe like an NC-17 theater. No, oh. I don't know. Wilder, what's our sign-off this week? All right. Agreed. Yeah. And, so uh, and keep it weird. Keep it weird. <laughs> Like he was just making sounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wilder. that was the best. <laughs>